Yo, Chad, what if I told you there's a platform that could completely revolutionize your hiring strategy in a matter of hours? Yeah, I'd call bullshit. Well, it's not bullshit with AI for jobs powered by our friends at This Way Global. Okay, I'm listening. Uh, While everyone else is fishing in the same old talent pools, AI for Jobs can source over 160 million diverse candidate profiles. This Way Global has established unique partnerships with over 8,500 trusted diversity partners. So wait a minute. All of the hard on-the-ground work is already done. That's right, Cowboy. You can discover 300 qualified candidates per job rack instantly. Wow. It's like having a candidate sourcing magic wand. (laughs) Dude, if you had a magic wand, you would have Mexican pizzas all day. Mm. Uh, Stop distracting me, Sowash. AI for Jobs Advanced Matching Algorithm analyzes past applicants using trillions of historical matching events and over 1,600 data points. Now that is what AI should be doing, saving recruiters time on sourcing while they provide a white glove candidate experience. Let's wrap this shit up. I'm hungry. Listen up, kids. Revolutionize your hiring process today by jumping over to thiswayglobal.com and checking out AI for Jobs, where you can learn more about how to leverage AI for your recruiting instead of just writing poems and grocery lists. That is thiswayglobal.com. We out. Sovereign is known for providing the world's best and most accurate parsing products. And now, based on that technology, comes Sovereign's artificial intelligence matching and scoring software. In fractions of a second, receive match results that provide candidates scored by fit to job, and just as importantly, the job's fit to the candidate. Make faster and better placements. Find out more about our suite of products today by visiting Sovereign.com. That's S-O-V-R-E-N dot com. We provide technology that thinks, communicates, and collaborates like a human. Sovereign. Software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. There it is. Oh, yeah. Dude, I love that we have so many smart people come on the show and talk we to us. We need to, dude. We really do. It bounces off the stupid. That's for <laughs> sure, for sure. Welcome, everybody. I am Joel Cheeseman of the Chad and Cheese Podcast, HR's Most Dangerous. Joined here with Chad So Chad So And lucky enough to snag Roberto Angulo. Roberto. Roberto. Geez, CEO and founder of Recruitology and After College. Is that how we should introduce you? That works. And uh, You like that? I like it. What should we miss and what should we add to that? Co-founder of uh, After College and uh, CEO and co-founder of Recruitology it is. I'm also an author, author of Getting Your First Job for Dummies, one of the Wiley books that I wrote about a year really? and a half ago. When did that come out? That came out last, actually late 2018. Nice. Well, for dummies. So you, you came on the right show. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> no, the Wiley because of after calls. Hey, do you want to write a book? And I'm like, not really. I, I, I don't have time to read books, let it, let alone write one. And they said, oh, we'll help you. So I actually had a lot of fun writing it, and 
in the process figure, figured out. I originally, I met you, I want to say I met you in 06 when you were after college. When did you start that that company? I uh, started after college in, in 2000, a few years after I graduated from college. Wow. Started out of a personal need of not knowing what I wanted to do with my education. And it's still going strong, right? Still going strong. It's one of the top sites for college students behind uh, Indeed. Indeed, sort of the the mother of all job sites. So everyone says Indeed is their go-to and then followed by LinkedIn. And then it's the Career Center. And then uh, it's after college based on some recent research we did. So it's it's pretty cool. So after college, I mean, it's been out, it's been around for how long again? How many years? When did, when did it start? Started in 2000. So it's been 20 years now. There are people using the site that weren't even born when you started it. Holy crap. So, I mean, it's been around 20 years for goodness sakes. Yeah, that's the scary thing. Um, I mean, I was a college... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joel's really good with math, by the way. <laughs> no, you are. Yeah, I mean, I started it out of personal need. You know, I studied economics, didn't know what I wanted to do with my econ degree. I knew I didn't want to do consulting. I didn't want to be a programmer. Uh-huh. And all my friends were kind of going through the same thing. So we created this site, and over the years, it evolved. And the basic value prop is, hey, if you don't know what to do, go to after college, type in your school and major, and the site will make recommendations. If you know what you're looking for, go to Indeed because that's where you're going to find all the jobs. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so why spin off into to recruitology? You have this this obviously this brand that is chugging along 20 years for goodness sakes. What was the what was the genesis? Why recruitology? Yeah, great question. So we, I mean, after college actually did help us get to the point where we launched recruitology. So we had. We got to a point where we had all these employers posting on after college, but we also had this uh, network of reseller partners, media companies, newspapers, Houston Chronicle, New York yeah. Times. And, okay. and they all said, hey, we, we love that we're going to get access to these college students through after college, but we, we want access to nurses. We want access to veterans. We want access to people with some experience. And then we just said, okay, what do we do here? They like working with us. Uh, we're, we're a good company to work with, uh, very sort of customer and user focused. Uh-huh. So we ended up partnering with a, with a company at the time called Crosspost. And I don't know if you, if you guys ever met Carl Braun. He started Crosspost with John Fuji, I think, back in, in 2006. And they were, in essence, uh, working with sites like Indeed, ZipRecruiter, and a bunch of other niche sites. And so we partnered with them. So all this demand that we were getting from, all, from our channels, uh, partners, 100 media companies, we started sending them the jobs for all these other niches. That's not the same as Mr. Fuji, the wrestling icon, is it? <laughs> yeah, I don't. Maybe I don't think so, unless John hasn't told us about his side <laughs> job. But but uh, but we ended up uh, we ended up uh, partnering with Crossbost for for a good I want to say six years, and then we ended up buying Crossbost in 2012, yep. uh, and then we spun out the partnership side of After College with Crossbost, and then we created the brand Recruitology. And it was just, we just followed the business. Uh, after college is, is, is a really good business, but it's niche. It's, it's, it's a niche, right? Mm-hmm. The biggest it's going to get is sort of constrained by how big the market is. Uh, I think the college recruiting market is, is maybe 100 for 100 million in terms of dollars a year in terms of how much companies spend to advertise their college level jobs. But, but just the, the recruiting market in terms of advertising and just sourcing and getting people on board, that's 8 billion a year. So, so we sort of looked at that stat and we said, okay, college is great. Let's keep running after college, but let's go after the bigger opportunity and let's leverage the fact that we have these media partners that are willing to work with us to do it. So we bought Crossbows, we took the bet, we, re, we rebranded, 
in four years, we've gone from about 100 media partners to close to 400 now and growing. And the cool thing is through these 400 media partners, we're, we're serving 50,000 small, medium businesses every year, new ones, and then growing. So so there's something there, right? Uh-huh. And it's just a bigger niche. So nice. So it's not a niche, I mean. You mentioned newspapers and, you know, not a week goes by before, you know, without hearing how the, the newspapers are dead and, and that media platform is is on life support. Listeners and, and long timers will know that. Career Builder got out of that those partnerships a long time ago. Monster as well had a ton of newspaper partnerships and have gotten out of it. So from your perspective and, and dealing with the media companies, what is sort of your state of the union of newspapers and the business right now? Newspapers are, are definitely struggling, right? So revenues keep going down and it's mainly their print advertising. I mean, those print ads, display ads are a big chunk of money and, and sure. companies are fast moving away from doing print advertising to online. And, and online is, is all Google and Facebook. I mean, they own, what, 80, 85% of the market for online advertising. Yep. So oh, it's, it, a lot. It, it's a lot. <laughs> uh, and, but here's the thing that uh, I don't think the, the papers are going to go away and, and we're calling it media companies because they're not I mean, most of them are, are doing print paper, but they're all doing digital. The New York Times is the best example, right? They, they, they're NewYorkTimes.com, NYTimes.com, and they, they basically are killing it in terms of digital subscribers. So a lot of these media companies are moving. They realize that advertising is there, but they're growing their digital subscriber base because they have good content. They're, most of them are still the trusted source of local news and information. And I say most mm-hmm. because... Because you get you got big players like New York Times. That's you know you don't have to be in New York to read the New York Times. People worldwide read the New York Times. Right. If you're in Seattle, you're going to read the Seattle Times. You're in San Francisco, you you go to sfgate.com. So I think these brands and these media businesses will remain. It's just their business is shifting. So revenue from advertising is shrinking, but they're I think they're doing a good job at sort of growing the subscriber base and converting them from print subscribers to digital subscribers as long as they keep their content fresh and they provide content you don't find anywhere else i think they're gonna they're gonna be okay well it's it's interesting some some of them not all of them are actually switching over to almost like a podcast model where they have the writing and then they'll have somebody voice the actual article itself so it's more portable and you don't have to sit and actually read you can listen to it so you see it where it's starting to kind of like go into these different mediums, which is which is really cool. But I actually just learned today, and I don't know if, if Joel knows this yet, but Facebook is starting to scrape jobs from corporate career sites. So what we've seen or what we used to see from the Indeeds of the world and obviously, you know, Monsters or whoever it was, we're scraping jobs to be able to have more content. We're starting to see that from Facebook. I just got uh, the 411 from, uh, from an and a recruitment advertising agency today that they're seeing a huge uptick with their clients jobs and it's coming from Facebook and they didn't give them a feed. So as we're having this discussion and newspapers are trying to fight back, how do they fight against this? Actually, no, they, they, they go with the flow, I think. So, so here's the thing. Facebook is, I mean, I mean, Facebook is a couple of blocks away from us here in San Francisco. And we, we were one of the early partners of their, Facebook for jobs program, but they're really making an effort to be a player in the job space. Facebook is. And sort of from what I understand, they've done a good job at getting sort of the big companies jobs on their platform. So uh-huh. I know jobs from companies are going on, on their company page on Facebook and and they're also going into the marketplace. 
the one thing that I know Facebook really wants to get more of are these SMB jobs, sort of jobs from these small companies, mom and pops, um, city governments, sort of these employers that are, that are, are what I call the last mile, these last mile employers that are really hard to reach. Yeah. Some have websites and Facebook will find them eventually, but they're not getting all those jobs. They're getting the jobs from like the enterprise rent-a-car. They're getting jobs from like the Geico's of the world, right? Uh-huh. Sure. But the majority of these jobs are small companies. And papers are actually well-positioned because they're the ones that are sort of the local source of trusted news. So the small mom and pops actually still go to them yeah. to advertise. So I think papers and media companies have the sort of this, this leg up where they have access to these small employers that companies like Facebook and Google want to reach. But you could also argue that most most small businesses have a Facebook page. I mean, I know a lot of small businesses that have a Facebook presence, but don't have a have their own website. So how do you think that'll jive with sort of the, the, the SMBs? I mean, my guess is Facebook will probably be free. You can boost your jobs or whatever. Um, whereas, yeah. you know, the model that you're in has a cost. Like, do you think that's a major threat to what the newspapers are doing? If Facebook does kind of carry on that model and really promote it, which I guess they've been they've been giving that option to small businesses for a long time. I think you could just argue that the small businesses haven't quite embraced it yet. So we're kind of in the middle of it. I think I think at Facebook, like you're right, most small businesses have a Facebook page. If, like the quarter pizza shop is going to have a Facebook page. The thing though is typically it's a it's an owner that's maintained on the Facebook page. They're ordering the supplies. They're dealing with payroll and all this stuff. So so what we found is that these uh, small business owners are not necessarily posting the jobs on Facebook, right? Yeah. They built the page. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have somebody outside maintaining it, but they're not necessarily using Facebook to post their jobs. Now, eventually they may, and I think Facebook is in a good spot because there's no friction there anymore. But there's two things, right? Uh, getting the employer to actually post a job. And then also Facebook is not the only place where you're going to find people. I mean, there's still sites like Craigslist that are being used by people to buy things. And, and there's people that are going to find right. jobs on, on Craigslist still. Now, people are looking at Indeed. Yeah. They're looking at Google. So I think the media company is in a good spot, at least from our perspective. And that's why we partner with them because they're, mm-hmm. they have access to all these employers that are already going to them. And what we're helping them do is say, hey, we're a one-stop shop for you guys. We'll help you get on Facebook, Craigslist, and all these other sites like CareerBuilder even. Indeed, ZipRecruiter. Who? Indeed, <laughs> career who? Career builder. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, they're they're still they're still they're still there, right? They're still a, a great brand. It's just that there's they're just one of many brands now, but they're still a, a job seeker brand in some place. In some place, I guess. And I think it's funny. Indeed had the the whole job spotter thing where they had an app. And people could go take pictures of help wanted signs. <laughs> they still have it, as far as I know. Yeah, and and it and it, and it goes. Obviously, I think you get a reward or some shit like that. But I mean, they're they've been trying for years to get those types of jobs. Where, as Joel just said, I mean, there are a lot of mom and pops shops that are close to me. They have Facebook pages and they don't have websites. That is their website. That's where they engage. And that is where they will post their jobs, right? It's just, it's inevitable, I think. Yeah, they'll post it there. I think ZipRecruiter is also doing a good job by sending these postcards out, right? Saying, hey, um, you know, get free jobs. Thing is, the employer is getting bombarded by all these different all these different companies, right? Facebook is one of them. ZipRecruiter is another. And, and even if it's free... I mean, it's not free, right? You still got to spend time posting, and then you got to figure out where it's, you're going to get the best response. So I think, I, I think the, I think the problems for the employer are still the same. Where do I post? Where do I spend my time posting? And it's probably 
it's probably fair to say, Roberto, that if I'm in Seattle, right, you guys are partnered with Seattle Times. If you call a small business and say, hey, we're with we're the Seattle Times, that's going to be a much easier conversation than I'm with some job board you've never heard of before. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Seattle Times has that local street cred with the uh, local market. So if if you get somebody something from the Seattle Times, you'll you'll pay attention. Yeah. Facebook is that way, right? And Facebook's huge. But again, um, I think there's a way for them to coexist and to work with each other. Facebook to serve the audience, the job seeker audience, and somebody like the Seattle Times to be able to say, hey, I have these employers here, Facebook. Help us get enough candidates for these employers. And I don't see Facebook leveraging local on the feet, you know, on the street salespeople to go into these businesses ever. They don't need to. Yeah. Well, that would be dumb. That's not sustainable at all. It doesn't make any sense. Why? No, but you could argue whether it's going to work or not sort of long term. I mean, Facebook jobs have been around a while. I think it's fairly simple. If you have a local page for your business, Facebook Mm -hmm. is going to use their own platform to advertise to you to get you to use it to do their advertising. They don't need humans on the street to do it. They have the platform you're already using to try to get customers in and you're their customer and they're going to try to get you into it. Right. So therefore they've been doing that for years now and we're still talking about Facebook is going to be a thing. Well, yeah, but they haven't, they haven't executed and that's what they're, we're starting to see them slowly do. They've, they've done a shitty job of it thus far. But to be able to put feet on the street makes no sense. Oh, I agree with that. But the argument is, can they can they really compete locally just by having a, a you know an ad on when you log into your Facebook page saying, "Hey, post jobs." I still think that's where the media companies have have a very strong leg to stand on, and and at least that's where we're betting, right? Yeah. That we can help these media companies um, serve that market. Yeah. But I think you know they own the rest of the market. Facebook owns the. Uh, half, what is it, 45 or so percent of the digital advertising market, and then Google owns the other half, roughly. Freaking huge. It is huge. There's sure. money there, so they put people on the street. <laughs> Monopoly. <laughs> so yeah. so let, let, let's let's pivot a little bit. We're talking about programmatic. In, in 2019, there were a shit ton of programmatic acquisitions. One of my 2020 predictions was that we're finally going to see a core platform being an applicant tracking system or a big CRM they actually go through acquisitions at that point. And we start seeing ATSs grabbing in those, uh, those programmatic platforms to embed in their core, their core system. What, what do you think about that? What are you hearing out there? Are, are we going to see rec- recruitology in somebody soon? Who knows? So, I mean, I mean, definitely, I mean, there's a lot of chatter in the space. Um, in terms of us uh, going somewhere else, I mean, I think we're, we're here to stay for at least 2020. We send jobs to ATSs, we integrate with some ATSs, but, and we actually built their own. Um, in terms of an ATS buying a programmatic play, it's hard to say. I mean, it, it depends. Uh, looking, at, yeah. looking at who owns these ATSs, you know, some of mm-hmm. them are owned by private equity firms. And, and I think they're more looking for the private equity guys are looking for, you know, what's a good business with a good enough gross margin. You know, if it's making in, let's say, more than 80% gross margin, what's the recurring revenue. So I think they're more looking at the numbers as opposed uh-huh. to thinking about the market strategically. So I think those ATSs are owned by, yeah. by PE are probably not going to make those sorts of moves. I think ATSs that want to be strategic and say, hey, we, we're offering all these different services and programmatic is some service that needs to be core. You know, it could be. I mean, there's a lot of good applicant tracking systems out there. I mean, we, we see them through the jobs that we're getting in. You know, there's 
there's isims there's like uh, greenhouse there's lever and a, and a few others <laughs> a lot of others a lot of others there's just a lot of them right there's 80 p i guess that the question is do they want to grow revenue do they want to just be more strategic and get market share it depends um i don't know yet i, I mean i think ats's are sort of serving this sort of one gateway to all these other technology providers or service providers i don't know if they're going to buy or, or or partner in our case we've we sort of started as a job distributor, put AI behind it, and now we built an ATS. So we're, our message is, hey, we're we're more of an ATS, and we'll give you access to all these best of breed tools that are provided by other companies. But why why get into the messy world of applicant tracking system? I mean, it's different for <laughs> SMB, right? It really is necessity. But it's so messy. I mean, we, we, we got into it against my own wishes. I mean, I mean what we, what, when we launched their ATS, like, I mean, I, I, mean, I was talking to a team, I'm like, hey, the last thing the world needs is another ATS. So, I mean, there's so many good ones out there. But, but again, it's more of a market segment issue. We, we were seeing a lot of jobs coming into Recruitology, and most of them had no ATS. They had an email address in the URL. Some of them even had faxes or... <laughs> Addresses. <laughs> Faxes? What the uh, hell is that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, less now, but uh, email. We get a lot of emails. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of these SMBs, they they don't want to pay for an, S- for an ATS. They don't want to sp- spend even 100 bucks a month because they might not have more than a couple hires yep. a year, right? So we launched an ATS and we did it for free. In our case, if you buy a job through Recruitology, then you get the whole candidate sorting and, and, and ranking and and organizing through us. So we launched it more just to provide an ancillary service. That's what we got into it. Let me, let me switch a little bit. So we've talked about SMBs, programmatic and all that good stuff. But so when we talk about programmatic and the, you know, the app cast of the world, we're usually talking about pretty big enterprise entities. You guys have sort of tapped the SMB and programmatic. And I'm curious, you, you do have a lot of competition. How does SMB embrace programmatic when they probably don't even know what the hell it is, let alone maybe even know how to spell it. Yeah, that's a good question. So there is a lot of competition in in sort of the programmatic. There's lesser competition in the SMB space uh, we're finding, and that's over there. And we rolled out programmatic. And so you mentioned Seattle Times, right? That's a great partner of ours and a good example. So if you're an employer and you're posting a job on jobs.seattletimes.com, jobs going to go on seattletimes.com. But then behind the scenes, it's it's going to go on sites like you know Indeed, ZipRecruiter, Nouveau, or Talent.com now, Glassdoor, Next, and so on. About thirty six different sites that accept jobs on a CPC basis. So, what we're doing, Recruitology behind the scenes, is just bidding automatically in these jobs and making sure that the employer's budget is going toward to maximizing the number of candidates they're getting. So the employer doesn't even know this, and they don't need to know. So. So we've sort of made it an invisible process for them where they're just posting on seattletimes.com and they're getting some distribution to these top brand sites and they're going to get some applicants back and they'll say, wow, wow, actually I'm getting good candidates here. And it's programmatic behind the scenes and and we've just sort of done it in a way that's invisible. I think when you start getting sort of to the larger employers, it gets more competitive. So you take somebody like a ClickCast, right? I think they did a beautiful job at sort of quartering the ad agency market and going after the big employers and getting these big budgets. Where it's competitive is with all the features you have to build, right? There you're selling to, yeah. to HR and they're saying, well, I want something that'll turn the posting 
you know, this, this, or into this or into that to maximize the candidate flow. So then you're competing on features. So we're sort of starting to see more bigger companies use our programmatic and saying, I, I want to put a $10,000 budget a month here, but our technology is more bare bones focused on getting results. And we haven't really gotten in, got into the whole feature building where I think you're going to, you're seeing, I think we're, that's where you see more competition, bigger employers saying, I have so many options. I mean, I ask this company to build the world for me because I know they want my business. Excellent. I think that's that's a, a different beast. Yeah. Uh, overall, I would agree. And I would also agree that we really appreciate you having on the show. Really appreciate, really appreciate you supporting the show. Thanks, Roberto. And for all of those who are out there who want to know more about you and also recruitology, maybe even after college, where should they go? So, uh, I mean, to know more about me, just go to LinkedIn and and look me up, Roberto Angulo. I think um, R Angulo on LinkedIn, and just go to recruitology.com to learn more about what we do. And if you're an employer, recruitology.com forward slash employers. If you're a college student, go to aftercollege.com. Uh, if you just graduated, don't know nice. what to do with your degree, check out aftercollege.com and type in your school and major, and we'll automatically match you with with relevant jobs. Thanks, man. Thanks, Roberto. Chad. Joel, thank you guys. We out. We out. Hi, I'm Tristan. Thanks for listening to my stepdad, the Chad, and his goofy friend, Cheese. You've been listening to the Chad and Cheese podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss out on all the knowledge dropping that's happening up in here. They made me say that. The most important part is to check out our sponsors because I need new track spikes. You know, the expensive shiny gold pair that are extra because, well, I'm extra. For more, visit chatcheese.com. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.